0: Welcome to the Locked On these podcast, your one-stop shopper all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck, while the show as well at Locked On Least. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, all that good stuff. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Uh, Today, we're going to be joined by Dave Morissuti. Dave, how you doing, bud?
1: Not too bad. September is getting off to a pretty interesting start, to say the
0: least, so can't complain. What does that mean for you when you say it's getting off to an interesting start? What does that mean? Is it the fact that we're in the middle of playoff hockey in September instead of gearing up for for the start of training camp?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, just the way that these games have been going... uh, and the fact that uh, we're just, it feels like we've been watching hockey forever, even though we've had how many months without hockey? Like all
0: this action. We've actually so- only been watching it for about a month. Like today is what September. We're recording this now on the second. Um, you know, like the Leafs started their season only a month ago, and it's already over, right? Yeah. For the Leafs, but I mean, like the playoffs itself has actually only gone on for the last month. But it does feel like a long time, just because it's been 15 hours a day, or it was at the start, 15 hours a day of hockey. Now we're getting to the point where it's only a couple of games a night. Uh, but but I agree with you, where the fact that it just like we've just gotten so much hockey over the course of the month that it feels like we've been watching it forever. But it's only actually been a month. And on top of that, how many times have you heard so much trade
1: talk? While the playoffs. Or in the second round.
0: It's weird, man. It's weird. And we got another trade today. We'll definitely be talking about that. Montreal acquiring a goaltender. And... Uh, we'll get to it in a sec, but but I think that something else that I want to get into is that that trade could be a little worrisome if you're uh, Leafs fans. I'm going to go through and walk you through why that worries me slightly, also talk about that later. But uh, more importantly, everyone stay to the end of the podcast because Dave and I are going to play some cosine no-sign. Haven't played in a long time, and I'm really excited uh, to get going and, and play in that game. But uh, before we do start anything I kind of want to ask you a a quick question both of us live here in Ontario um, and and I'm I'm wondering if you saw what the Ontario Hockey Federation has released in terms of what their new rules are going to be for the upcoming hockey season
1: I haven't I mean I I just kind of assumed that you know leagues are going to have to try some different things to get back on the ice and you know considering how much money is involved with all these minor hockey leagues at no, they're gonna try their best to get back, but I have not heard what they're planning on doing.
0: So get this, man. Like <laughs> the Ontario Hockey Federation releases new rules and this is what it's going to be. Either three on three or four on four only. So you're not gonna have five on five. So they don't wanna have that many people or an extra two or four bodies out on the ice, um, you know, close to each other, I guess. So that's their way of social distancing, having less bodies on the ice. Also, no face offs. No contact. <laughs> and you get this one. <laughs> I can't even get through. You must remain a stick length apart. Oh, my goodness. That's not even hockey. What do you mean? You <laughs> got to remain a stick length apart? This isn't hockey. What is that? That's practice. You're just out here playing practice.
1: This is like <laughs> when you're playing, you know, wintertime and your buddies asked to go to the outdoor ring. Nine o'clock at night. You got the car lights beaming on the ring so you can see where you're going and you're throwing sticks on each end of the ice and saying, let's just let's just screw around on the ice. That literally what you just explained sounds exactly like that.
0: Yeah. And that's what is what organized hockey is going to be like this year for uh, for minor hockey. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> oh, man, like it's shinny. They're just going to go out there and play shinny. Why, why would you pay for that? Like this is organized hockey from the Ontario Hockey Federation. You gotta pay a lot of money to get that rank time, and you're gonna have to pay a lot of money to, to play this year, and basically you're just gonna be playing to practice. I I don't know about you, but I, I would not be putting my kid in in hockey this year if, if that were you know, if I had to make that decision.
1: You're these are pretty much only the die hard committed parents, which I guess there's quite a few, but the the part that gets me, and you were saying having less players on the ice. How about all the guys squished together now on the bench? Yeah, with that, we have less players on the ice. Like, I I don't know. I, I guess they're anticipating smaller rosters with less uh, people, you know, willing to sign their kids up for hockey. So that's how they kind of sort out the roster crunches. But still, like, the the keeping a a stick length
0: apart. Especially if you're, you know. That's the part that gets me. What do, it must remain a stick length apart. So what you, you're going to get a penalty if you are skating, like, a foot away from, from the guy? Like, what? really? It, it's instinct. Instinct just dictates
1: you go in on the guy when you're defending him. How do you tell a kid, yeah, no, 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 you got to back up, but, like, I, I just don't get it. So what what if no board no battles. Battle? No board battles. What if there's a, a goal? You know, a puck in the crease? The player's not allowed to go get it. The goalie has free reign just to cover it up because no one else is around him? I guess so. No rebounds.
0: Oh my goodness. No no puck battles? Like no nothing. What is this isn't hockey. No contact. This that's not hockey. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But, uh, hey, is what it is. If you want to play hockey here in Ontario, those are the rules that you're going to have to abide by unless you just find yourself uh, some open ice time, and then I guess you could probably do whatever you want to do at that point. Uh, but, yeah, I just quickly wanted to, to ask you if you've seen that because I saw that roll across the Twitter timeline tonight, and I was like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. This up um, September even more now. My goodness. Oh, I know, right? It's just oh, wild, wild. Um, but, no, we're... Uh, Let's get to this trade that happened today because I do think that this does have some uh, secondary impact on the Leafs. But let's get through uh, through the trade a little bit and discuss it. But Montreal acquiring a goaltender. They get Jake Allen uh, from the St. Louis Blues for a third and a seventh round pick. Um, Montreal also getting a 2022 seventh uh, along with Allen in return. Uh, Jake Allen, one more year left on his deal, uh, making $4.3 million. First off, what were your thoughts on this once you heard about this trade going down? I had to do a double take because I'm like, Montreal did what? Because
1: we knew the biggest issue there seemed to be was finding that guy behind Carey Price. We knew it. And we're like, oh, how are they going to fit fill that position? And honestly, there were options, potential options in the offseason coming up. And I see this trade, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, still trying to wrap my head around certain things about it. I get adding a goalie of Jake Allen's caliber, who he's a, he's a proven 1B option, I think, in the NHL. I don't think there's any disagreement. I think he was the better goalie when the Blues returned, but they were obviously committed to Jordan Binnington, and this obviously proves it even more. But the price Montreal paid... I, I mean, it was free picks for them because that third rounder was the one they got in the Kovalchuk uh, trade. Yeah. And Kovalchuk came as a free agent, so that's that's found money. And then I think the seventh rounder, which, I mean, the Leafs have like three, six, and seven rounders in this draft. Like, their teams accumulate these picks like it's nothing. So the, the price Montreal paid is is fine, but it's just the, the cap hit for Jake Allen to be your backup behind Carey Price, who... I know you want to lighten his workload, but you're not gonna have him in a timeshare with Jake Allen. So that's the part that I'm not fully on board with, especially with the cap and if Montreal sees themselves as a team that wants to improve, you're you've really handcuffed yourself a little bit because that's a you know just over four million dollar cap hit that you no, know, I don't know how many teams
0: there's some that have backups that make a lot, but that's that's a lot for a backup. It is a lot for a backup, but first of all, when you look at the price, um Montreal actually has what do they have here? Three picks in the second round. They still have another pick in the third round, three fourth rounders, two fifths. Like they have an a stockpile of draft picks here. Um five in the opening three rounds, even with dealing one out. So when you look at the the draft capital that they had to give up to get it, I think that's that's you know, it's nothing to them. When it comes to the cap, um, I'm just taking a look right now at what they're going to have to do in the offseason. And realistically, the only one who needs to get paid is going to be Victor Mete and Max Domi. Uh, like, those are really the only two players that are going to have to get paid this this offseason, and they have 14 million dollars in cap to do it. That's it, with this trade that went down today. So, I, I they really do just have a lot of cap space. So, bringing in a guy like Jake Allen on a one year deal to solidify the backup goalie position, I, I didn't think that it was, um, you know, that it's not going to be that detrimental to, to what they're going to want to do. Like, they still have. Quite a bit of money to go out and make some additions. Even if they want to go out and get go big fish hunting, I think they could still even go out and get a guy like uh, like I mean Taylor Hall if he becomes available. Uh, they could certainly go out get Taylor Hall and still probably be able to get Max Domi and Victor Mete signed under contract. Maybe they have to try and move something out. Uh, Philip Deneau is a guy who's expressed that he may want to get out if if they don't want to use him in a top six role, and that frees up another three million dollars in cap. But uh, certainly and and it's just for one season, right? So that extra 4.3 drops off the books the following year, and that's really when the they're going to have to open up the checkbooks. Jeff Petrie is going to be uh, a UFA at that point. Joel Army is going to be a UFA at that point. Both Tatar and Gallagher are going to have to get paid. So the fact that it's only for one season, I think is attractive for Montreal, and I think that the, it, it's worth shoring up that backup position because you take a look around the league and and you can even look at it especially now how important it is to have two goaltenders. You know, the Leafs, they went so many, like, like, a couple of years here, where the Leafs were just clamoring to get a backup Tendy, they finally got one in Jack Campbell. But it took them, you know, you, you know, a couple of seasons of cycling through some backups since they lost McElhaney. And, and the same thing has been happening for Carey Price. After him, there's been nobody coming in through to back him up. Now they get a guy like Jake Allen, and they've solidified the position.
1: And I also think, I mean, St. Louis was selling off, you know, cap, cap space too. They needed the cap space because they're, they're a team that needs to make additions, trying to bring back Petrangelo. And it's not going to be easy when, you know, you have a go- your backup goalie making a formula. I thought that tandem, you know, when they signed Biddington, like, that's an expensive tandem when you eventually have these other contracts down the road. So I get, you know, Montreal does have the cap space. The Max Domi thing is interesting because I know he changed agents mm-hmm. to Derek Ferris. And we all know the kind of history with all that stuff so we
0: know darren ferris and uh he likes to get every dollar for his clients um we went through that here with toronto with mitch marner and i guarantee you max domey's gonna try and do the exact same thing in montreal too
1: I'm waiting for the rumors for him to go to Switzerland. That's all I'm waiting for. <laughs> you
0: know, it's funny. I did see somebody uh, tweet out, like, quote tweeted after he, you know, the announced that he had switched to Darren Ferris. Someone said, oh, good news for the Zurich Lions. That <laughs> gave me a nice little chuckle. Um something that you mentioned there which i thought was uh was was interesting and and i think has to do with why this trade went down was the fact that they do need to open up some cap space uh, alex petrangelo their captain is a pending ufa a lot of people want him here in Toronto. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that this trade signifies that they're trying to alleviate some cap in order to uh, lock up their man, lock up Petrangelo. And and in order to do that, they, they had to move on from Jake Allen, who's making uh, 4.3, which was just too much for them, and enough that Montreal felt comfortable bringing him in. The thing that I find odd is the price tag because a third-round pick for a 1B, we'll call him, in uh, in Jake Allen, just seemed really, really light to me. And coming up on the other side, I'm going to discuss how I think that could potentially play in and uh, be a little hurtful for Leafs fans. But first, before we get there, uh, i got to tell you guys all about today's show sponsor, Rock Auto rockauto.com is a family business serving so auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for a classic or a daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers, so why pay up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to uh, the Lockdown These Podcast. Mike Stefano with you. Alongside me, we got uh, Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet and the NHLPA. Dave, we have been discussing this Jake Allen trade, uh, and that's what we did in the first segment. And I kind of teased that I think that could have a little bit of a hindrance on uh, what the Maple Leafs try and do this offseason. And basically what I was getting at there is the fact that the the fact that Jake Allen only got a third-round pick scares me a little bit into thinking that this is a really soft goalie market. Basic economics uh, will prove that you know supply and demand always dictates the market. And if you look at what's going on for goaltenders around the league, high, high supply, and uh, it may have outweighed the demand. And now you go into it with a guy like Frederick Anderson being on the market. Maybe that hurts his trade value. What do you think about that? Well... I think you're
1: right on a couple of those things. One thing is that there's just such a big supply of goaltenders, both in free agency, guys that are on kind of the trade block, you know. And the similarities between Jake Allen and Frederick Anderson is that they both have one year left on their deal. So Anderson has one year at $5 million, which for an undisputed number one goalie, that's, a, that's, that's usually what you – that's a good price for a lot of teams. For so, sure. You know, I think maybe what the Leafs have going for them a little bit more than the Blues did is that you know, Anderson is a full-fledged number one goalie, and he's not being shopped around as a backup. I felt like Allen, this was more of a situation where St. Louis was just going to take him, hand him off to a team that was willing to just take his salary on and get a little something. But they, I don't think they were really looking for a high return. If they were, they would have waited this decision out a lot longer. I think maybe this is where it benefits the Leafs is that they're not really in a rush to trade Frederick Anderson. And the only reason why I say that is because it all depends on if they're fully sold on it. I don't know if they're fully committed to doing it. Because if they were fully committed to doing it, I mean, we've been hearing some teams interested, but we really haven't heard like, you know, X amount of teams are really pushing hard for a trade. We're just hearing interest, which I feel like, you know, people don't really understand the difference between the two. I think the Leafs are just trying to generate that interest to gauge what they could potentially do.
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite there. I think that the only reason why there's a lot of, a lot of chatter right now around Anderson is because his name is being floated out there. And, uh, You know, I think something that was really telling is is when Kasperi Kapanen got traded. Kyle Dubas did a press conference and he said one of the things that we learned through this exercise after the season was over, going through you know seeing what trade options were out there for the team. And he said that one of the things that we gained from this exercise was that we realized how valuable our players are around the league. And one of those guys, obviously being Kasperi Kapanen, when he got you know he was shipped out for a first round pick plus coming in and i think that freddie anderson also came up in a lot of conversations and maybe he realized how valuable anderson is around the league um and 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 this is why he's kind of looking into moving him you know now plus i think there's a couple other reasons to be honest i've talked about this all week on on the the, on the lockdown podcast been a very very heavy heavy uh goaltending conversation week but I, the thing that just, you know, scares me, and, and, and I know I'm not suggesting that the Leafs are only going to get a third rounder like they did for Allen, but if it is a soft goalie market, I'm not so sure that they get the elite, elite defenseman that, you know, we. That the Leafs covet that you thought that you might be able to get uh, in exchange for Frederick Anderson, and you might have to. It, well, at that point, I guess you probably just hang on to Anderson. But if they are hell bent on on trading him, you know, I think the Leafs may have to take a little bit less than they initially wanted and not get themselves a, a top pairing defenseman.
1: Well, I mean, we remember what the Lease paid for Anderson in the beginning, which was a first and a second round pick. But
0: he now, wasn't a bona fide number one at the time. Now he is. That's exactly it. So do you fear feel that maybe his value
1: is around the same if we're kinda judging based off the Allen deal and what teams are looking for? You know, when I look at, you know, Carolina's being one of the teams that are interested, we know that the Lease have liked their defensemen. We've heard the conversations when Nylander wasn't, you know, that whole saga was going on. I, I'm I'm on the fence. I don't think Anderson is going to fetch that defenseman. I, I just don't think teams, because of how the goalie market is, I don't know if teams are going to give up that capital for a number one when they feel like maybe we can try signing one, you know, like a Robin Leonard if he becomes available. A Jacob Markstrom if he becomes available. And and maybe that's, maybe Kyle Dubas is trying to play on the, look, these guys might become available, but Anderson, there's a better chance than, you know, just, you know, give us a good offer for Anderson and we'll, we'll freely trade him. Because it feels like, and we've heard all this Matt Murray rumors and how that he's kind of a target for Dubas, you know, maybe the Leafs are just, they're fully committed to that idea and, you know, they're just really trying to push the Anderson trade I just, I mean, it just depends on what t- I mean, I don't mind if the Leafs don't get a huge return for Anderson because I feel like, you know, they're, they're as you said, they're committed to maybe trying something different because the last four years he's done well, but he hasn't exactly elevated them to that, you know, in those game sevens and those elimination games to really give the Leafs the best chance to win. Yeah, and-
0: I, I, I exactly I, I think we're, we're on the same page there um, and if the Leafs do want to get decent value out of Anderson I think that they're gonna to have to get out in front of the goalie market uh, before they're left without options right like it's gonna become super super saturated in the next month or two I think if they can try and hammer out a deal and and get him uh, you know get something for him sooner rather than later I think that would bode better for the Leafs than if they tried to wait out the goalie market and then they're left with with only a couple of suitors as opposed to having, you know, the six, seven, maybe even as much as eight or nine teams in the league that are currently looking for a goaltender.
1: And the other thing I'm thinking of is, is there a current team in the playoffs that Might be looking for goalie.
0: I mean, I'm uh, hey well, man, I just said this, I literally tweeted this out just now. You know, Ben Bishop is out again for Dallas, his injury history is uh is becoming very very long. Uh, he hasn't played, he's only played 50 plus games once in the last five years. Maybe Dallas is a team is going to try and look for some stability in net,
1: yeah. And I mean, Colorado with Gura are getting injured, that's another one? not
0: really they. But, I mean,
1: they, they're dealing with Michael Hutchinson playing for them, which, <laughs> oh, God. I, I mean, it's working out somewhat for them, but I don't think they expected that to be the uh, the game plan, considering he's their third goalie. Um, but I think there are teams that look at Anderson and say, you know what, the Leafs' defense is not the best. Our defense is better, so let's see what we can get out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think... Uh... It's definitely something that they're going to have to look towards. The one thing, though, and this is a little nugget that I pulled out from Pierre Lebrun's uh, article in The Athletic in his little notebook. One thing that I did pull out that I think works in the benefit of the Leafs' favor and this year more than others is the fact that um, the appealing thing of, of trading for Anderson is that He's only actually earning $1 million of actual money next season. Four of his $5 million salary has already been paid out uh, through the bonus back in July 1. So any team that's acquiring him, if you're a cap-strap team, and not really a cap-strap, but a money-strap team... That is in extremely, extremely uh, enticing, especially going into next season, where you know it's there's still so much unknown about how much revenue is going to be coming into the league, and you don't want to be going out and spending you know six, seven million dollars on a guy like Leonard or a guy like Markstrom. If you can bring in you know Anderson, and it's only going to cost you a million dollars in actual money, you got to think that that's got to be super attractive out there too.
1: Oh, I I agree 100%. I mean, the Leafs have used that to their advantage. I mean, they used it in the Kapanen trade because Kapanen wasn't owed a lot on his remaining, the the rest of his contract. A lot of it was front loaded. Anderson's the same deal. And, you know, I remember when they traded Jonathan Bernier back to the Ducks. You know, everyone thought, oh, why would uh, the Ducks want that that salary? And then, lo and behold, we remember that most of it was paid up front. By the Leafs, they waited a couple of days and then they traded them. So it, it's it's a, probably the biggest benefit Toronto has, and the biggest benefit they've had with this whole you know signing bonus on top of the cap hit, so that they can tell teams, look, you're really only paying this much for the player. You're not paying the entire cap hit. So yeah, I I really do like that that idea that you know for a million dollars a team is paying Anderson rather than paying the full five million.
0: And I think that is the saving grace that the Leafs have when – like kind of the upper leg that they'll have when trying to deal Anderson as opposed to teams going to the open market. And especially this is where – you know, kind of a – this is a COVID thing that's coming into effect here where – teams just aren't going to be spending money. We already know a lot of teams that are going to be looking to take a step back and shed salary next season. And, uh, you know, I, I think you look at a, a lot of teams around the league. I know the, the Coyotes, have mentioned that they want to do that. Ottawa is always looking to do that. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other teams that that are looking to shed some, some, uh, some money too. And if they can bring in a quality goaltender and only have to pay a million dollars, I think that's that's gonna bode well. So it's kind of a, a yin and a yang. The fact that, yeah, the the goalie market is kind of saturated, which could, you know, hinder the price of of a lot of these goaltenders, not just Anderson, but a lot of them due to supply and demand. But the fact that Anderson uh, is going to be cheap in terms of actual dollars, I think plays into the into the hands of the Maple Leafs out here in the open market. All right, let's take a quick break and when we return, we're gonna play some cosign, no sign, David. Love it. All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you alongside Dave Morissuti. All right, Dave, let's play some cosign, no sign. Uh, for those who haven't played this game before, it's pretty simple. I'm going to make a statement. Dave's either going to co-sign if he agrees, no sign if he disagrees. And uh, we got three questions each. Uh, Dave, since you're the guest, I'll let you go first.
1: Well, I'm gonna. This one, mine's gonna be kind of an easy one. Uh, Mine is Matt Murray will be a Toronto Maple Leaf. He will be the Leafs' starting goaltender next season.
0: Um, you know, I'm gonna actually no sign it. I know there's a lot of smoke around this one, but to me, like when it comes to Matt Murray, he's just so injury prone. Is he really somebody that the Leafs should be looking to get? Uh, I, you know, what? I, I, I did think of that. I mean, I, I thought about all the like all the potential guys but, they could get, especially to be a long term answer, right? Like if you're moving on from Anderson, it's not to to get a stopgap guy for for a year and see how he does, or else he probably would just keep Anderson for that one season because you already know that he can get you into the playoffs. Where a guy like Murray, it's like eh, he's still a bit of a question mark. Um, and and I feel like you should probably rather get somebody more bonafide or a better tandem goalie.
1: Well, and the thing is, I think the one thing Matt Murray has going for him is his age. You know, he's only 26, so he's not a short term. I feel like the Leafs could commit to him for a few years. Now, my personal belief is you should never commit more than, let's say, five years for a goalie because I find a lot of teams that commit the very large amount, a la Florida, you know, when you go with those seven, eight years, unless you're getting, like, a Henrik Lundqvist, a Tuka Rask. I, I I'm, I've never felt comfortable giving more than five years to a goalie because it's they 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 can go from you know at the highest point to just crashing it, and we've uh, seen it Schneider. Older. Yeah, like Corey Schneider was one. Uh, I mean Bobrovsky, he has time to turn around, but that deal looks absolutely horrific right oh, now. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking of other. Uh, I mean, right now the 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 Rangers are trying to get rid of Longfist's last years. I mean Roberto Luongo was probably the cream of the crop of giving too many years yes. even for a great goalie just that that contract was just way too long and I mean Rick DiPietro I think will stands on its own category when it comes to long-term deals for goalies but <laughs> I just think a lot of GMs would be better off not committing too many years to a goalie so I mean Murray is is 26 I wouldn't think that he'd get a lot a very big deal but just you know him with his connection and how he's performed in the playoffs, you know in the recent years, gives me some belief that it could be a possibility. But again, there are a lot of other options uh, available. Like one guy that kind of intrigues me is Darcy Kemper. Yeah, we've heard him too.
0: Yep, yep. Darcy Kemper is another guy who I've uh, I've brought up before on the show. Um, for me, like if I could get anybody in the trade market, <laughs> and this isn't just being you know uh, a pick because of last night, but wouldn't Thatcher Demko look pretty darn good in uh, in a Maple Leafs sweater? Honestly, uh, somebody brought this up in that you know depending on what Vancouver does. Um, well, if they sign Markstrom, Demko, they they got to get something for him, or they're going to lose him in the expansion draft. And you know, D Pietro is waiting in
1: the wings too you know he's eventually going to be pushed up to the NHL so yeah i mean when when in and i think the leafs would rather lose a guy like jack campbell and then have a guy like demco around i mean that would be that would be a more ideal because of his age and i mean if you watch him as you mentioned last oh, night that was just...
0: unbelievable performance
1: he, he was the reason why the canucks had any chance w- in that game and winning that game so I, I, I wouldn't mind going with a cheaper but, you know, high potential guy, especially when you have a guy like Joseph Wool that's also they seem to be pretty high on that could eventually make his way up one day. And then you have a pretty cheap, but pretty dynamic uh, tandem. I, I, I like that idea as well.
0: All right. My uh, first one for you. The Maple Leafs will bring in a top pair defenseman to improve the back end. Oh,
1: I, I you know, with all this stuff about Petrangelo, I, I, I'm on agree with you that I don't think he is coming. As much as I, I think I think Kyle Dubas realizes this team isn't one guy away in terms of adding another big free agent. So I think the only way he's going to get it done is if he makes a trade. And I, I don't know if he will he'll have to be one to give up something to get something. So, and we've, and he's proven he's done it in the past. So I do think he will do it. I am going to sign off on that, but I'm a little worried on what Avenue he explores to do that.
0: All right. uh, Next one for you, or yeah, you're the net. You're up next.
1: Yep. I am up next.
0: Bruce Boudreaux will be an assistant with the Leafs. Cosine, 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 cosine. Yes, cosine, 100%. I think uh, like I'm surprised it hasn't been announced already to be quite honest with you. Like if if somebody was going to bring him in to be a head coach, don't you think it would have been done by now? I think the only other team who I think might be interested in bringing in a guy like Bruce Boudreaux is Dallas. And the reason why they haven't said it yet is just because they're still in the playoffs. But, you know, Rick Bonus right now is the interim. And, and I don't know if they look at him as the guy. So they'll probably be looking to get somebody. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I think Gerard Gallant's also still out there on the block, and I'd probably rather take a Gerard Gallant over um, over Bruce Boudreau if I'm you know looking for a new head coach. So I think that leaves uh, Brucey to to either be an assistant or take another year off and. I think he wants to come and be in Toronto. He's a Toronto boy, played here, drafted here, from here, loves it here, says he always always uh, would love to be he wants to, first and foremost be a head coach for Toronto, but if he could at least be an assistant, I think he'd take that Um, and I think that would be a great move. You know, Sheldon Keefe is still raw when it comes to being a head coach in the NHL. You know, you get a guy like Dave Haxtall who's been a coach and then you get another seasoned veteran coach in Bruce Boudreaux. Um, I think that would be a terrific add to his bench and i would love to see it happen and i think it's gonna happen cosign
1: yeah i i I agree too and i also think you know this is a situation where the guy is at the high school dance he wants to ask the girl out but you know there's there's a bit of a waiting period going on i think i think boudreaux wants it but he also wants to see what's out there but hearing that the capitals are looking at a guy like potentially laviolette I'm like I don't know if they're gonna find uh, he's gonna find a head coaching job anytime soon. So why not let the Leafs kind of build up your hype a little bit and your candidacy as a head coach potentially? Well,
0: and and he's he's worked with that Washington group before and it didn't work out right. Yeah. So I don't think they would go back to that uh, back to that again. So I I'd, I'd probably rule out the Caps as a fit for him. All right, um, question number two. There will be at least six new faces in the lineup on opening night for the Maple Leafs. Six new faces. Okay. Well, are
1: we counting on the ones that
0: already been signed and
1: potentially coming over? So like a Barabanov and Lettinen? They're those are new two... faces.
0: They're six new players faces, so... who have not played a game for the Maple Leafs will suit up on opening night.
1: So there's two right there. I think, you know, if they get... A couple defensemen, because Cody Ceci and Tyson Barry, I think they're gone. The goalie could be a new face. So, yeah, I, I think six new faces is a... I think there's a pretty good chance of that, so I will sign off on that.
0: I I, I think this is probably also going to happen. Like, Letnin and Barabanov are two that you're probably going to end up seeing next year. The thing is, I, I did say opening night, and I'm not sure we see a guy like Letnin on opening night. So, Barabanov, I do... Um, letting in, not too sure, but uh, you know, Barry, his role is going to have to get. Uh, you know, you're going to have to fill somebody in for Barry. Going to have to fill someone in for CC. Going to have to fill somebody in for Capitan and Kyle Clifford. So that's four right there. If we've already trade away Freddie Anderson, we're going to get a new goalie. That makes five, and then you know. Does that mean that one of either Janssen, Gojie, and Spezza end up leaving, whether that's through free agency or via trade? Dermot's another guy who's been out there on the trade block uh, a little bit, at least, you know, through, you know, at least Twitter, at least, you know, do one of those guys end up getting moved? In which case there's your sixth man. So, and, and a couple of them could end up not being renewed or, or be traded. And, on top of that, also just some more depth pieces could be signed as well. So I uh, I think that it's definitely going to be six or seven new guys lining up for the Leafs on opening night, which is kind of weird because you look at it, that'd be two straight years back-to-back that uh, there's been quite a bit of turnover for the Leafs, and we'll see if it ends up uh, working into their favor the second time around because it didn't really do that uh, this season. Uh, all right, third one for you. Third one for me. Kyle Dewis finally gets his man in TJ Brody. Oh, TJ Brody. That's an interesting one. I've been thinking about that actually for the last week, um, thinking about who the Leafs could get because I don't think it's going to be Petrangelo, but they are going to have to get themselves a, a defenseman. Now, I believe that they'll end up moving out some salaries so that they can sign somebody with some term um, or with some dollars attached to them. And T.J. Brode is a guy who Dubas has been fawning over for a couple of years now. They almost got him last year in the trade for Nazim Kadri, I think that he is going to hit the open market. And I believe that the Leafs are going to pull the trigger. I do. I will say co-sign. The Leafs will sign T.J. Brody. And he will be a terrific Maple Leaf next season.
1: Yeah, see, for me, it's either a guy like T.J. Brody or if if the Canucks aren't able to bring him back, a guy like Chris Tanev. Yeah. I, I think those are guys that bring what you need, which is a more stable defensive present. I know that TJ Brody's flashed offensive potential, but the Leafs don't need that. They need more of a defensive defenseman, you know, that can be with Riley. That's still, I think, the number one hole they need to fill. And I think that's going to be Kyle Deuce's number one priority on top of the goaltending.
0: And he's shown that he can play 22 to 25 minutes a night, no problem, and carry that type of load. So uh, he's certainly one of the uh, best options for the Leafs outside of Petrangelo. Tanem's another sneaky one that, uh, that I would like, but I think that the Canucks will probably end up re-signing him. All right, my third one for you, third and final one. The Maple Leafs will flip the 15th overall pick ahead of the draft. You know what, I, I, as
1: much as I want the Leafs to keep the pick because I feel like we don't have that A-plus prospect in the wings, especially on the blue line. I know you can probably point to Lilligran and Sandine, but they're closer to the NHL than being a project at this point. I still think they will flip it because I think if they decide that they want to trade for a defenseman, Maybe trade for goalie, although giving up the first round, the 15th overall pick for goalie, I, I don't know if I'm totally on board with that. But um, I, I do think that Kyle Dubis, he didn't exactly you know, give a stamp of approval of keeping that pick. Even though I kind of do want them to, I think I'm going to say that he, he's going to move that pick.
0: In a perfect world for me, they move Freddie Anderson, get themselves a top four right shot defensive defenseman, and then also use that first round pick to trade for Thatcher Demko. That is a perfect world for me.
1: It's not. It's not the worst idea. I mean, I thought that maybe the having that first round pick gives them ammo for a top four D man if they if they can't get Anderson, use Anderson as the guy to get it done. Um, but at the same time. That 15th overall pick, you got, I mean, that caught, That was Kapanen, right? Yeah. So you have to kind of equate the value of what you gave up to get that
0: pick versus what you expect to get out of it. I mean, I personally think that was an overpayment for Kapanen, so I think they're playing yeah. with uh, with some extra money there in that trade anyways. I would trade off Kapanen for Demko in a heartbeat.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, when you look at, Capon has never been able to break the, top, you know, crack into the Leafs' top six. You know, goaltending. I, I, it's such an important position, but it's also one that teams just don't, you know, they, they sometimes don't throw the right amount of investment into it. And yeah, I think Demko would be if, if his name is out there, I don't see how the Leafs don't, don't try to pull the trigger on that.
0: I have one final one, and all I want is the answer: cosine or no sign. Fredrick Anderson has played his last game as a Leaf. I'm going
1: to co-sign that one.
0: I will co-sign it as well. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown On Least podcast on all podcasting platforms. and Receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leaves. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. You, uh, you work on anything that's going to be coming out soon? I mean, I had an article that kind of blew up
1: recently on four potential replacements for Frederick Anderson. So that was uh, that was something I did recently. And uh, who was your number one? Who was
0: my number one? I told you Demko my number one.
1: Who's your number one? It, you know what? I will admit it was uh, it was Matt Murray, just because I, I thought all the signs were pointing towards that. But now that you've mentioned Demko, yeah, it's got me a little bit more intrigued. Because I think if you're trading out a five million dollar cap hit in Anderson to try to maybe save some money, what better way than getting a younger guy like Demko who has been trying to push to get a starting job in Vancouver? And and he's under blocked.
0: contract next year for one point oh five million. Oh, that just that's
1: that's just music to my ears, that's and that would what I'm be saying. music to the Leafs capologist.
0: That's what sure. I'm saying. Brandon Pridham is all over that trade. I'm telling you. And that's why there hasn't been a trade yet, because they got to wait and make sure that they can solidify Demko, and that can't happen until the Canucks are, uh, are out of the playoffs. So that's that's my theory, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast, where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL each and every day. I'll be back with another episode of uh, the show tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.